you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I've got Melissa Litchfield here. She's a 33-year-old Southern California native, currently living in Savannah, Georgia. For the past seven years, she's been helping online entrepreneurs market themselves online with paid and organic traffic um, through her full-service ad agency. She's got educational products, um, funnel building courses, all information on how to get up and running in the paid advertising space and um, lead generation. And Melissa, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Yes, I'm so excited to chat more. Yeah, so can you give us a little bit more of a background on um, Litchfield Media, uh, your digital advertising company, what you've got going on, what you've been up to? Yeah, so we're almost at our third year in business, but I do come from actually, <laughs> actually have an um, undergraduate degree in criminology, and then I have a master's degree in public health. So that's initially where like my, you know, right? <laughs> my first like real job was in like the nonprofit type of like corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't feeling fulfilled in that, in that scene. So I decided to leave, I, I dabbled into like MLM stuff. So was with like, I did Beachbody for a little bit, but that's really what opened my eyes to like marketing and like being able to market yourself and build a personal brand. So I did that for a little bit. Um, I got pregnant <laughs> and then <laughs> got pregnant, had, had my happens. daughter. <laughs> I know, right? um, so I stayed home with her for about a year and a half and lots of things were happening behind the scenes. Like my husband, um, change careers at like a little bit after I got pregnant. Um, he's in the military, so we move a lot. So I was like, you know what, after I had my daughter and I stayed home with her for a little bit, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work, Hmm. but I know I need something remote. So I did actually find a remote job at a marketing agency. Um, so that's kind of like what opened my eyes up to like the online industry. Um, funnels, (laughs) funnels, <laughs> webinars, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I worked there for about six months and I just felt like I, I was definitely overworked. I was working 15 hour days and I was like, this is, this is not the business. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I ended up quitting and I opened up my own agency. Obviously it wasn't an agency back then. I just, I was a solo ads person really. So I consulted and I was a contractor for a while. And then I want to say probably over 2020 is what really just catapulted my business, right? Like COVID hit, mm. pandemic, everyone's staying at home. And I think that's where like the pivot happened to like, mm. all right, I need to get digital. I need to like go online and like make, you know, make my business still be in business because of the situation at the time. So, so yeah, now we're here. I have um, five other members on my team. It's crazy. 
<laughs> so awesome. We have um, such similar stories, you and I, have, and we're just learning about each other right now. So this is great. But um, yeah, we have really similar stories. I seem was um, working in another field and then got pregnant, sold that business and was kind of home for a year, um, dabbling in a little bit of work. And then I was like, I don't think I'm meant to be a stay at home mom. I think I'm ready to get like back into work and, uh, and same kind of like pivoted, got in and then 2020 really like catapulted, um, my business and sounds like yours as well. And interestingly enough, what really catapulted my business was learning about digital marketing and sales funnels and low ticket offers and getting like lead generation and getting people into your world and paid advertising, which I knew nothing about prior to like June of 2020. So um, you and I have similar storylines in uh, that realm. But so you, so you decided like, okay, I'm going to try this on my own. What did it look like in the beginning? Because your background wasn't in in advertising or marketing necessarily so how did you did you self-teach yourself ads like what how did you learn the ins and outs yeah so I mean it started with the MLM business that's like that was my first course purchase back then mm -hmm. I mean courses weren't really a thing that was 2014 right. <laughs> so I did buy my first like course was a Facebook ads course and I was pretty much I bought it because I, I wanted to like you know get my network marketing business off the ground with ads yeah. although that was probably the wrong avenue but like that's initially where I learned how to do them um, and that's pretty much like what I was able to land the job at the other marketing agency because of that experience mm -hmm. um, but yeah I mean just being involved in like the back end of like these huge launches because like we did work with some of the top thought leaders like in the industry um like boss babe was one of my clients and you know amy porterfield was one of the clients on the roster although she wasn't my personal one but like yeah you just you know we are able to see behind the scenes because sometimes we would help out each other like other ad managers if they were gone we take over their accounts but but yeah you just really got to see behind the scenes of like seven figure businesses mm -hmm. and just I was amazed by like how much revenue, you know, these people were able to bring I was going to say, uh, how much money people are making online. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh damn, this is like awesome. I mean, but it also felt so good to be able to, you know, make other people's like goals come to life with these launches and, and just having like evergreen funnels, you know, run on the back end of their business. So that mm -hmm. really opened up my eyes to like, you know, what's possible in the online space and especially with like passive income and, you know, revenue coming in from ads. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, and then obviously I, my first year of business was so, so messy. <laughs> um, I quit my job and I think I had one client like solid client that I was going to work with, but it was very part-time. So like, I just had to like network and find clients, you know, so I was networking online and Facebook groups also here in person in Savannah, it was brand new. Like we just moved here when I opened up my business and I was like, wow, I really need to hustle. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, and I felt like over, over that course of, uh, probably a year or so in business, I really, I feel like I really made a name for myself. I got like my Litchfield Media account up and running and I was getting great organic reach and growth there. So I really, I mean, I believe in organic and 
marketing, working, working together to really give you like the best, you know, biggest launch ever, especially if you're live launching. Yeah. So can we talk about that a little bit? Tell us the difference for people listening, like organic, like avenues of organic advertising and organic networking. Um, and then the various ways that you can get into more paid um, advertising. Yeah. So I, I talk about this all the time on like when I guest speak and other people's programs, but I'm like the work that you're doing now to build your business, like the foundations of your business, mm-hmm. um, especially on social media, like yes, grow the email list, but everything that you're doing on Facebook and Instagram directly feeds back into like ads manager when you're creating those custom audiences. So it pays off now if you are, you know, going live, um, doing various videos on the feed, you know, on your Instagram feed or going live in your Facebook group from like your business page, you know what I mean? So like all of those things are going to pay off when you are ready for ads, essentially paid traffic, but they, those type of audiences convert the best in terms of like retargeting ads, but also they can directly be turned into lookalike audiences, which are great um, top of funnel, like cold audiences to grow your list or, you know, increase webinar registrations. I love it. So good. Okay. So for those who are just kind of like getting started in their business and are in those foundational stages, I think what you just talked about in terms of, um, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I don't have like a budget yet, or I don't, um, you know, like, why am I doing this? Because I'm not ready to get into paid ads, or I don't have a funnel yet or something like that. Everything that they're doing, showing up consistently, being active on social media is important for the time when the time does come that they are ready to go into um, some sort of paid traffic in, in some way. Um, but for those who don't like, aren't sure, like, how could a sales funnel benefit them? Like, what are they actually like missing out on by not having something to be able to be like feeding traffic to? Yeah. And does that, and I'm sorry, one other thing is like, does that always mean like a freebie or can this be like other things? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like funnels are so, they're customizable to your business, right? There's no one set way to do them. (laughs) There's so many different avenues or different types of funnels that you can implement in your business, but you're right. The, the lead magnet freebie type of to nurture sequence to low ticket offer is like the most common one that I would say that a beginner, that would be great to start with. Um, and you can always put, you know, a low ticket offer behind on the tripwire page. And essentially, essentially that would help generate passive revenue while you're feeding all this traffic, whether it's organic or paid to the landing page with a lead magnet. Um, it's just going to help generate some passive, you know, revenue, even if you're not running ads, it's it'll be like a nice little like thing to see every time you open up your email, like, oh, you made a sale and you're sleeping, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Totally. Okay, cool. And from your perspective, like what's happening in the ad space now? I think that like for so many who've been like dabbling in ads or have thought about it. And I think even just like chatter online feels like it's such a different landscape than it was like a year ago. And so it feels even more scary to like break into, um, you know, ads now at this point, especially to like try and get started doing them on your own or, you know, take a course or whatever. It feels just like so different than it was um, like even a year ago. 
Yeah, it's definitely changing for sure. We can thank Apple for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, with the iOS 14 changes that just, I, I think like two or three months ago went into effect, um, CPMs are increasing, cost per results increasing. So like the key here really is like, if you don't have a, a like irresistible offer that's unique, that solves a problem, your ads are probably going to fall flat because they're not probably, you know, they're not going to be, um, they're not going to stick out, you know, <laughs> and it's not going to be so ir irresistible. Like people are like, eh, I've seen that before, or, you know, I've already opted into something like that and it, it wasn't anything valuable. So I feel like it's really comes down to the offer in the funnel. Like, yes, the ads are important, the targeting, all that stuff. But I feel like the funnel is really what carries, you know, the conversions and the lead. And so um, I've been saying this like for even pre like the the landscape of the advertising space changing is like it's mm -hmm. it's so hard to like you could have a, an amazing product as well. Like you actually, I, I would say that you can have like an amazing offer, even an irresistible offer, but like a poor funnel and like bad branding and bad messaging. And like, not like it just not landing that people like don't even get to the actual offer itself to get to experience like how amazing and transformative that offer could be. Um, that's like number one, I feel like. And number two, it also feels like if you like, if you, it used to be easier to sell a like mediocre product or like a mediocre offer with just like a little judging of like some copy and the right audience. Um, where now it's just, there's, I don't know if it's like that there is so, um, many more people pivoted into the online space. Like a, a, it's like the perfect cocktail of the last year, like people pivoting into the online space. So many more people catching on to like what it means to have like a funnel. Um, and then like pair that with iOS updates, et cetera. And now it's like, you have to be like kind of on point with messaging, copy, the offer being killer, really great funnel structure, like all of those things kind of like falling into place to have like successful um, ads. And maybe I'm wrong and, and like, please enlighten because I feel like that's like what it feels like to me, even having been like really successful with ads um, that I'm just like, it, it's gotta be like the perfect storm for it yeah. to be like really working. Oh yeah, for sure. And even like some of my clients that have had SLO funnels for over a year, <clears throat> I mean, you can really tell that like their offer has stood the test of time because there's other SLOs that have fizzled out or just even my own, you know, obviously yeah. mine's are so that has kind of died off, but, but yeah, I feel like your offer really has to stand out and be like, so I just feel like most of my clients that do have the super successful SLOs, they over deliver in the actual program. And that's what makes people go back to the ad and comment on it. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, you know, I got X, Y, and Z out of this, like definitely worth the $37. So yeah, those type of offers need to be like solid on point. Um, just like you were saying from like the ad creative all the way to the <laughs> sales page to like, you know, the actual the experience offer, inside yeah. of the portal, you know, like, so everything has to align. Um, 
And I think the biggest mistake too, is that there's just like the expectations are set so low with ads right now. Like people come into it thinking like, okay, I'm just going to run an ad and I'm going to make thousands of dollars in the first week. And I feel like it's totally not like that. So, and partly I think it's because of other gurus saying like, you can go evergreen and, you know, without ever live launching again. And like, I cringe at that. I'm like, no, there's so much like, there's so many beneficial things that you can find out about your offer in your funnel. If you live launch, um, not every offer is also perfect for evergreen, you know, like, so that type of messaging, I think creates this like false hope of like, Oh, I just need to run ads and create this funnel. And then I'm going to be rich. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you say that because I have, um, well, yeah, let me just, let me, let me back up one second. One question that I have is what do you think makes a offer really successful or irresistible in the like funnel setup? Because sometimes I think even like you said, like every offer is not great for evergreen. I think like every offer isn't perfect for a a SLO funnel, right? Or like some sort of like sales funnel like that. Um, What kind of products do you feel like or from your experience you see that do really well? and sort of, yeah. Well, most of the products or offers that do really well, it's because of the, the entrepreneur listening to the community and like giving Mm. them what they want, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So as an example, one of my clients is a raw food chef and she's been in business for a couple of years. Her, she's like an anomaly (laughs) because her 697 course, like sells with just like an ad straight to cold traffic because it's not like, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Awesome. Um, so that's like one determining factor. I feel like if it's, if you are in, in like a B2B space, it's a little bit harder to sell products directly straight from, you know, cold audiences to an app or to a sales page, but she listened to her audience and like the new offer that she created was based on the feedback and what people were wanting. And she did a 30K launch. And I think we only spent like 1800 on ads. So like those type of offers that are so irresistible because you actually are listening, you know, to what your community is wanting and asking for. And yeah. she delivered. I always say that. I think there's like some people create things out of, um, and my listeners will, if they've like been around, will be like, yes, I've heard you say this one million times. It's like so many people I feel like create offers out of inspiration. They get excited and like, as the entrepreneur get excited and they're just like, oh yeah, like this is going to be the thing. Like I had this idea, blah, blah, blah. But like, don't check in with their audience. Like don't check in with their list. Don't do a poll on social media. Don't kind of like get a pulse. And, and then you know, every once in a while. Yeah. I think like that offer could hit if you're like super in tune with what's going on with your audience. But I think when you're early on, like the best thing you can do is like not create offers out of your own, like pure inspiration of what you think people need. Instead, if you do get that idea, like check in with your audience and like throw it out to them and see how they're connecting to it. Um, but really asking what they want and need from you next or what's like the next thing that they could be like supported in and like going and creating what they're asking you for literally directly. Um, and like, yeah, can we trickle in like things on the back end that are what we know they're going to need? Um, even if they're not saying it in order to get them ready for like the next thing that might be in our, you know, offer ladder. Um, 
is so valuable, but I think there's so much to um, asking our audience and really like creating things out of a reaction from them versus like our own like react like internal excitement. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. That's gonna have to um, launch my first or the mm-hmm. Clubhouse SLO is that I obviously was like a crazy frenzy back in like January February, so I listened to my audience. Um, so many I remember people. when you launched this, like this was my first introduction to you was through okay. clubhouse and okay. like all your ads around the clubhouse offer that you had. So can you tell us about that? Just so everyone's filled in. Yeah. Okay. So I decided to launch like a paid workshop. It was $17 and I also launched it like organically to my audience, you know, on Instagram and email list. And then I decided to run ads. I was like, I'm just going to test it, you know, and it was converting with like cold traffic. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a sign. This is like a sign that I think this could be like an actual funnel. So I I did the workshop. There was about hundred people that enrolled or signed up crazy. And that's a mix of like organic and paid traffic, but Mm -hmm. I pieced, I pieced it out into like more digestible, like smaller video clips into each like, you know, uh, different categories, essentially of what I was teaching on. And then I just jam packed it with like extra bonuses. I grandfathered everybody from the workshop into like the mini course, which was now it's $37, but I made it like, so jam packed that a lot of people said the bonuses alone were worth it. So I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, that's essentially what, I mean, people that are listening now could take that essential like method, like launch it to your organic audiences first as like a workshop. It was a 90 minute workshop with Q and A. So two hours in total, but overall, you know, that I turned that into a mini, a mini offer. Amazing. And it's done well. You said it's kind of like fizzled a little bit now because of just clubhouse in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I know it's, it sells better just organically. Like I have a blog post on Pinterest Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. gets like traffic there. And then, um, I've been featured in like Forbes, uh, I I had like an article on it. So yeah, there's, it's gotten more organic traffic than, than paid ads. What what was happening there? (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. I, you know, circling back to what we were talking about before was like so many people, I do think like the bar was set so low and I've heard like, um, our mentor, Julie, like talk about this before of like, it was like a faucet was turned on of just like money flowing out when you were running ads in the past. And, um, now it's just a little bit more, you have to be a little bit more strategic, like in the process. And I get, what I get a lot of is like, I have had a unicorn of a product, which I didn't realize like my SLO, it's been running for a year. It's still generating, you know, leads and sales on a daily basis. And, um, I get people come to me, even like past clients that I have great relationships with that I continue to work with. And it's like, they want that, right. They want that faucet on of leads and of cash flow, um, high return on ad spend. And I think that like, and and it's like, let's just get this product out there. Right. But there's so much value in testing it organically first and testing it, not in a funnel situation, but just straight out to either cold traffic or to, 
um, or organically to your list, to your social media, to see like how it's converting before putting it into a funnel, correct? Yes. And that's what I utilized from the live workshop. I got so much mm. social proof and testimonials just from people that purchased and attended. Um, so I took lots of screenshots and I also reached out to people that took the course. I was like, would you be you know, willing to do a testimonial for me? So I was able to put that on the sales page. Um, and when I first started that funnel, obviously Clubhouse was still all the rage and popping. But yeah, my funnel in the beginning was like converting at 14%. So like Amazing. it just yeah so like some like just that alone is enough like you know for you to be like okay let's move forward it's worth it to put in all the effort to create this funnel and launch it with ads mm-hmm. so do you kind of always like recommend that if someone comes to you like with an idea and I think I also want to like shamelessly plug that like you support your clients on this type of stuff. Like, I think for a lot of people, they get hung up on, you know, offer structure and kind of like what to, what to actually run ads to. Like, I know these are all questions that like I had when I was first getting started and like dabbling in the ad space, um, and just like smaller offer creation. I think mm-hmm. when people get started, they initially go to like a group program or like a high ticket one-on-one thing. And like the, the, the way that you would like structure a whole like ad marketing agenda around stuff like that is so, so different than the way you would structure like an ad budget and a marketing plan around a low ticket or like a paid workshop or something like that. But these, uh, for people who are just wanting to like try something out like what's your what is what do you think is like the way to kind of like test something and see like could this work could this not work would it be like live launching it like you're saying yeah and almost I think a lot of people could probably launch behind the scenes like a low Mm. ticket offer so like reaching out to past clients and seeing Mm. if you know they're interested in this like maybe you could offer it at a discount um, and ask for feedback, you know, but that would be a great way to like start the process. Like let's get people through the actual program. Let's get them results. And then let's collect those testimonials. So we can actually put that towards like front facing, like when you live launch, there's already people enrolled essentially into the Mm -hmm. course or into the program. So, um, I'm a firm believer in like, you know, the behind the scenes stuff and then launching organically. Um, and at least like doing that a couple different times before you go evergreen or you dabble into ads. Yeah. And the, when you do that and I, this is the way that I like think about it is like, what else is happening in the rest of your business? Because I like to explain these, like, yes, you could have like a unicorn product that profits off of a funnel. Um, Mm -hmm. totally. But if you are even breaking even on your ad spend to what's coming in, right. And, but at the same time, you're building your list and you're getting leads. I'm always thinking like, what is happening with all these people, right? So anytime that we are creating like a low ticket offer or something that we feel like we're going to end up running ads to for the purpose, the, you know, the first purpose being lead generation, second purpose being profit, if that comes great, um, Mm -hmm. is like, 
reverse engineering that process of like, what else do you have in your business? Like, where are all these people going? So it's like filling up this pool and then like, where, where are they going to? So for me, I'm always thinking about, and when people talk about this is like, you could have a great product that could, you know, run ads and be successful. But when you get a hundred 500, a thousand, whatever, 20,000 people into then your like vortex of your business. Like where, what are we doing with all these people beyond this? Because really what I'm learning is like the, and I, and I'm still learning, but what I'm realizing is the profit, the profitable aspect and the real value in having a successful funnel and a successful ad spend is on selling these people on the back end into other richer offers that you have and more passive offers or long-term containers that, that you could have on the back end. Yeah. And that's something that I talk about with my clients in the very beginning, when we get on our kickoff call, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, and then what now what happens, right? Okay. We get these people into the funnel, but like essentially if you don't have anything else to sell them after that and your product suite, then the lifetime value of your customer stops at that like $27 product or $147, you know? So it's almost, and I say this only because I have an ad agency and there is a fee to work with us. So it's like in order for you to, for it to be worth it to you, I would highly suggest upselling, downselling them in your funnel throughout the process because if there's only one thing they, they can buy, they can't work with you one-on-one or anything, you know, some, some businesses are different. And I totally get that people are like, I just want to do digital products, but it's like, okay, well, what's yeah. next you know, after they buy that initial thing, what else can they buy from you? Because then that lifetime value of the customer stops at that first product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what kind of, um, what kind of, offers and services like do you have right now within your agency and even if someone is like not ready to hire an agency to be running ads for them like what other things do you have in your um in your offer suite yeah so I do have um a a series of like educational courses so I have the low ticket clubhouse SLO funnel that kind of primes them into all right let's build your first funnel so that's like the um, one-time offer that's in that particular funnel. It's called Clubhouse Funnel Formula. And that primes them for the Funnel Babes Blueprint, which is a longer course. And it's like live calls. We meet, we meet weekly for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing after that is like, okay, now you're ready for ads, right? So I'm all about like, let's build that funnel first because there's mm-hmm. no point in driving ads um, to the funnel if you don't got one. If, um, yeah, or if it's not working. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's all, there's like a testing phase involved inside of that course, but I also offer like two hour intensives. So, you know, not everyone is ready to hire an agency and I totally get that. Um, mm-hmm. But the two hour intensives are great. If you want to just like get an ad campaign up and running for lead gen or retargeting, we can literally do that in two hours. So cool. What about for business owners who are not ready to hire an agency? Um, and they want to run their ads like in-house on their own, do you offer like consulting for them? Yep, I do. Um, if it's the right fit, obviously I would love to hop on a call to make sure that I'm the right consultant for you. But um, but yeah, it would be more so like consulting and done with you stuff on our calls. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So we have all of your links where people can find you, but what is your, um, where can they find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? 
Yeah, Litchfield Media, and I have the same handle on Clubhouse. I try to do at least one one room a week. Cool. <laughs> I still love Clubhouse. Um, yeah. The amount of like DMs and follows that I get after just talking for like fifteen minutes, and that's not even the whole time. You right. know, you just have, like a couple tips, and people follow you and message you. So it's kind of crazy the like the conversions from there. Um, what do you think is going on with Clubhouse? Like, what's your, what's your take on like what it's like right now versus what it was? And like, what do you see for the future of like that platform? Yeah. So a lot of the like Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, all those other, even Twitter started to create these like rooms or, you know, mm-hmm. essentially the same thing as Clubhouse. Um, the reason why I think it got so big so quickly is because we were in a different phase. Like we were still in the pandemic phase last year, like when it launched, I think it launched during COVID, like in March, I didn't get on it until like December. I was trying to get an invite in November, didn't get on it until December of last year. But in, in the beginning of this, even this year, when it was still popular, like super popular, people were just spending so much time on it. I think it's because we were like, so used to like being inside. So, so social distancing, we needed like that extra connection, you know, like human connection. Um, and just hearing people's voice and like audio was, is so different from Instagram. So I think that's why people, you know, became obsessed with it and we're talking about it everywhere because there's nothing like it, you know, podcasting. But yeah, now I feel like, okay, the mask mandates, even though they're starting to say it's back on, but like, you know, people are able to like go outside like a couple months yeah. ago. So things are just changing in our own, like everyday lives. And I feel like that's why people kind of like lost interest in clubhouse. Plus not to mention all the other platforms that are trying to like ride the audio wave. So. Right. Right. Totally. It'll be interesting to see how, um, it transforms over the next like year or so just as like a platform as a, as a whole. Um, I know I was on it like religiously. I was like listening in on rooms, like while I was pushing my daughter on the swing and like going on walks and late at night, I would like listen in. Um, but I know even for myself, like without even realizing it, like my behavior with the platform shifted as, like the world opened back up and, or is, was, who knows, but like, as we were getting back out into the world, like my behavior with the platform in general just shifted, um, without even realizing it. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't been on there in a while. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it kind of coincides with like summertime too. Like people just are vacationing now. Like it's really different than last summer. Right. Um, and I feel like, like Julie was talking about this, I think in our group, but like how sales are typically lower in the summertime Mm -hmm. because people are vacationing or they're out and about outside with their family. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a trifecta of things kind of just happened. (laughs) See how they hold on. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, this was so valuable. Some really good little nuggets around funnel building and, dabbling into the ad space um and also um the value in organic growth and showing up consistently in the online space all has an impact when your time does come to start wanting to get into ads so thank you thank you we will link up all everywhere that people can find you and connect with you and yeah i just want to thank you for being here thanks for having me okay bye-bye